0: Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast, brought to you by Vanguard Tactics. It's our mission to help you play, progress, and perform at this incredible game of Warhammer 40K, keeping sportsmanship and fair play at its absolute core. I'm your host, Dave Callmell, an LA detective just days away from retirement who is too old for this stuff. With me again is my good friend and 40K mentor, my new partner who may or may not be crazy. He's the Martin Riggs to my Roger Murtaugh, Mr. Steven Box. Steve, how's it going?
1: No, no clue today, Dave, no clue.
0: What was that lethal called? Weapon.
1: Okay, all right. I've heard of Lethal Weapon. I've probably seen it when I was younger, but not enough to remember stuff.
0: Yeah, it was one of those movies. It was one of the few I had on VHS back in the day, and so I watched it a lot.
1: VHS. Yeah. Do you remember when you used to have yeah. to have a tape player and you used to have to wind it backwards to, uh, you know, like listen to the start of it again if you never listened yep. to it all the way through, and then you had to yep. listen to the other side all the way through just to get back to the original side.
0: Yep. I do remember, days, hey, I, re- I vaguely remember eight tracks. I'm not quite old enough to like they were, they were a major thing, but when I was a real little kid, I still remember seeing a few eight track players. So, wow. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I still have a few of my old, uh, um, old VHS tapes, including I have this, I still have a VHS version of Star Wars where, you know, Han Solo doesn't shoot first in the cantina. So I, wow. I hold on to that treasure. Um, but hey, we are not here to talk about uh, old technology. We are here to talk about 40K and sportsmanship today. Uh, but first, let's acknowledge our sponsors.
1: The competitive 40K podcast is proudly supported by The Outpost, your friendly local gaming store with the most helpful and friendliest of staff. After visiting The Outpost, I was taken aback by the whole host of products available in-store and online. With awesome discounts, gaming tables, and a huge range of terrain for different game systems, The Outpost is certainly a great place to hang out and hobby. Check out www the hyphen outpost.co.uk or go and visit them in store also i just want to say a massive massive thank you to siege studios because we've just received our new craft world elder uh my reinforcements that i wanted for the army that i've been painting this year so a uh, massive thank you to siege for this warrior workshop project um in warrior workshop is there more kind of battle ready standard than maybe like the kind of box level art that you're used to with siege so it's um a little bit more accessible, I'd say, is a product, uh, but the miniatures still look awesome, and they've done a fantastic job. So I can't wait to get those miniatures on the tabletop. So Siege, thank you so much. But Dave, it's been a while since we've done a show, mate, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. We, uh, you and I, haven't really talked. We talked once since uh, LVO. So yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's good to be getting back into the into the you know the flow of things.
1: Yeah, it really is. No, I'm looking forward to it. And This is the third podcast I've recorded this week.
0: Wow, who else did you uh, do episodes for? Oh no, I've been cheating on you, Dave. Um, <laughs> I did. It's okay, this, I'm podcast uh, polyamorous.
1: So I did the um, Hive Mind podcast. That was cool with uh, Simone Conte. Oh, awesome! Uh, who's one of our academy students? Yeah,
0: yeah, I love Simone. He's a good friend of mine.
1: Yeah, and then also did a Kill Team podcast with Glass Half Dead from Andy. Well, well Andy from Glass Half Dead yesterday. So um, that was really cool as well. Awesome! Very cool.
0: Hmm. Um, So uh, VT announcements, the competitive 40K podcast community Facebook page is just growing every day. I think I must admit five to 10 new people into the group every day. It's amazing. Uh, The password for the month of March is going to be bolter, B-O-L-T-E-R. That's okay. I won't spell check you, but just want to make sure everybody hears me. I'm enunciating bolter. Uh, And uh, remember, no password, no answering the questions, no entrance. Um, Out of the 10 that I get a day, at least three to four, I have to deny because they're just not paying attention. Or they're just, you know, AI. Just sound spam. like bots. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Academy doors are currently still closed. I think we've got a couple of weeks left in this class. The new sessions should be starting in April, I believe. I'm not sure yet. No?
1: I haven't decided when I'm going to do the new, the new season or the new, uh, new sessions. But I'm sure we're going to announce it on here as soon as we know. But, um, yeah, there are Absolutely. some really exciting things coming up soon. Um, I have confirmed that I'm going to be doing the workshop. At the LGT, the London Grand Tournament. Awesome. Um, so hopefully details will be coming out for that very soon, so you can buy your tickets. And if you haven't already got your ticket to the LGT, buy yours. I still need to get mine actually. That reminds me. Um, and also uh, there is another show called Salu, and Salu is a show in London. It's a one day show, um, and I'm also going to be speaking there as well, which I'm really excited about. So I'm going to be on the panel for competitive gaming. Uh, But in the morning, I'm going to be doing a class um, and it's going to be more about 40K uh, for beginners rather than, let's say, the workshop that we do, which is geared towards, um, you know, competitive level. I'm just going to do a kind of more fundamentals of the game uh, at Salu, and all the money that gets made for this is going to be I'm actually going to donate to charity. So anybody that attends that class who does come along and uh, for however long I decide to do it, all the details will be on the Vanguard Tactics website very, very soon. Um, if you would like to attend uh, this one-day show in London, it's in April. And uh, if you'd like to attend and come to the class, the proceeds will be going to charity. So I think hopefully that'll be quite a cool little thing we do as well.
0: Awesome. And do you want to uh, yeah. tease the, what you're doing um, as soon as we finish recording or are we going to save that for later? We're going to save that for later. Okay. Because it's not... See, we, we just, we just tease that. Now people have to come back. We people have to come back and find out later.
1: I don't know if I'm going to get the job or
0: not. So we don't know. I have full and complete confidence in you, my friend. Thank you, mate. But uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and then uh, upcoming events. You got any um, tournaments you're going to soon? No, we just
1: came back from the the team tournament where uh, Team Vanguard Tactics came fourth. I ran the World Eaters, so that was really cool. had Beachhead before that, where I also came fourth. Um, I feel like this is kind of a bit of a, you know, always fourth, it seems like. Um, So yeah, I did Beachhead the team event and i did an rtt actually i won the RTTs. so there's something um there we go nice but most importantly we had the most amazing message in from somebody that played against our team at the team event and they shared with us like how much of an awesome team we were to play so to be honest that means more to me than anything else so yeah i was really happy with that it's always nice for me to kind of get praise but it's also nice for me to then be able to share that with the team as well to show hey look we all play this way. This is the intent we all have, which is just the most real humbling thing. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that message uh, that you shared in the group chat uh, last night was really, uh, really a genuinely kind message. And it was really great. You know, it's one of those reasons that we're all members of the team is because, you know, the sentiment that was expressed. So, yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, all right. Uh, did you want to do some, uh, a couple of reviews? Yeah, we've got a couple. We've got a five-star review and we've got a one-star review. Let's do the one star first. I can't wait to okay. get to the comedy. So
1: massive tinny something energy. Not really sure what that means. One star. These guys really like their guns, especially when unstable kids bring them to school. So the response to gun violence is laughs and touting of how easy it is to carry a gun without a permit. And Brit's laughing because he needs it. He and his neighbors all have guns. So what's the big deal? Oh, sure. Everyday encounter reaching maximum escalation is laughable. Don't worry, mate. Vet or not, some of you have never had a gun pulled on you, and it shows. Way to acknowledge the bish issues. Full stop. You would think a brand started by how you were treated in a game would have had an infraction of empathy, for how we treat each other in life. Incredible maturity and acknowledgement. You have a violence. You have a voice and a platform. Um, anyways, back to the army men. Tommy. So I would like to say on this one. Okay, when I was talking about guns and when we had that joke about me carrying guns, I was not referring to something that shoots a bullet. I was referring to potentially the size of my biceps. Okay, so please, 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 people out there, we do not condone gun violence. Okay, uh, just as a fact, as you know, somebody that runs VT, I do not condone gun violence in any way shape or form and if different countries have different legality and what you can and cannot do with certain types of weapons to be honest there's not really much i can do about that um and whether i talk about me carrying guns around as my biceps or whether i say that my swans are sick or which way is the beach it is all just at the fact that i like to go to the gym so please 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 do not take that stuff seriously Um, it was just a muscle bicep related joke. Okay. So please, there we go. That's my statement. We'll say nothing more on it. What have you got to say, Dave?
0: Uh, I, I am a gun owner. I own four guns. I am a combat veteran. I have had people shoot at me on multiple occasions. So um, if it doesn't show that I've been shot at, it's because I don't want to show it that I've been shot at. Um, yeah. And I also do not condone gun violence in any way, shape or form. I, I'm a advocate of responsible gun ownership. I am a licensed firearms instructor as well, too. So um, when I speak, if I make any comments about guns, it is because I am an advocate and a believer in the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. But I also believe that it needs to uh, be—it is a right, like any right—that needs to be exercised responsibly uh, and dutifully. I am also a huge advocate of mental health. So there is nothing in this podcast that is ever been said or intended to advocate for or encourage. School shootings, public shootings, anything else that is an irresponsible or criminal use of a gun. Um, also, the way that that rambling message was written pss, didn't really make a lot of sense. But so I don't. I think that was as much a troll or somebody who was just you know having a an issue. But um, a tough day, yeah. Yeah. yeah and look, it is.
1: It's it's not nice, right? It's it's always an interesting kind of topic and one that we don't really want to get into on the podcast, but. It's a you know probably similar to the fact that you know people can drive cars at different ages in different states or countries, and it's all about being responsible. Um, you know, a, a car in the wrong hands is a deadly weapon. Alcohol in the wrong hands is a deadly weapon. So um, yeah, I really think it's about responsibility, as you said, is the most important thing. Anyway, on a brighter note, let's go on to the next one. So this is a yes. five star review, a mightier shower of podcasters have never seen. All grace, measured in fury. Having returned to Warhammer 40k after 10 years, your reviews have helped me massively to catch up on all the changes, learn a bit about the different uh, different armies, and be more efficient with my list building and approaches to general gameplay. Great group of passionate gamers spreading the excellent message on the positives of good sportsmanship and the enjoyment of the game. Also, the American blokes intros are great. Kind regards, M Younger. So M Younger, thank you so much for your kind review. We've got two more, so I'll save them to next week. All right.
0: Yeah, we'll do those next week, but thank you for the kind words. We pretty much appreciated.
1: Yeah. Uh, and also I actually will read out this one. Cause I got trolled this week for not reading it out. This is actually from Jason. Um, oh. <laughs> an absolute legend, okay. by the way, he's on the Academy he said my, uh, my most weekly bright spot, uh, five stars listens this podcast is one of the things I look forward to each week as I travel for work. So much great information and insight into how the game should be played is always great work. Well, except for the lawyer, by the way, you say (laughs) "Uh too much, but I still love you. So anyway, thank you much, Jason. And also um, I've got a, me and Jason are going to be catching up soon. We keep saying we're going to do this, but um, Jason and I are actually planning something mega special for the next Academy launch. Okay. And I don't want to say what that is just yet, but Jason's gone through the Academy. He's seen, I think, firsthand what it's done for him. And he wants to kind of pay that forward to some, uh, some degree so i'm really excited about what we can do uh with jason as well um so yeah anyway oh very cool because i've got another one i'm going to save it for next week in case we don't get any reviews and i've got nothing to read out but until then guys get reviewing and i'll read them out in my um dulcet tones or whatever you want to call them or terrible ones who knows maybe yes. it sounds like chalk on a chalkboard or nails on a ch- i don't know what the phrase is but hey i'm going to read them out no matter what so send them in <laughs> i'll read them yeah
0: yeah and it's funny, you know, I actually listen to our podcast because I'm trying to force myself to stop saying, um, so much both. So I don't do it in court. And so I don't do it on this podcast. It drives me crazy. <laughs> I'm practice, so hyper conscious about it, but I keep doing Yeah. But I keep doing it anyway. I don't know. Uh, see, I just There, did we it go. there was an, um, anyway, moving on. There's an, um, we're just going to have an, um, counter ding, 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 ding. All right. Now yeah. everybody's going to be paying attention to that. So what we are going to though say is if you do want to leave us a review, please uh, don't hesitate to leave it, uh, Leave a comment on the community Facebook page, or you can message any of us on social media. Steve's on Instagram at, at The Vanguard Tactics. Mike's there at, at VT underscore Mike underscore. And I am, of course, there as at Infantry Lawyer 40K. Uh, you can also leave reviews for us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever we will they, get, they come through to, to Steve there. Don't forget to check out www.vanguardtactics.com to get more information about the Academy. And don't forget to go to YouTube and check out all the Vanguard Tactics stream games and the other content there. And with that, uh, let's move on to our topic of the day, which is we're going to go back to our favorite topic, and that is sportsmanship and fair play. Uh, specifically mm-hmm. today, uh, we wanted to talk about what are the limits, both too little and too much, of sportsmanship and fair play. So yeah. um, is there such a thing as too much? Sportsmanship and fair play. Yes. And what, and how would you, how do you identify, how do you define that?
1: Okay. So, should we cover what sportsmanship and fair play actually is first?
0: Yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's give a, let's give a baseline.
1: So, for me, being a sporting opponent, okay, and being fair, and I kind of have the approach of firm but fair, okay, I want for us to play by the rules of the game as they are intended to be played, uh, whilst both of us, Are neither gaining an unfair advantage outside of the rules. Okay? We all know that some rules are better than others and some units are cheaper than you know, maybe they should be. But in regards to fairness, I want us to have a fair game given the parameters that we entered this battle on, okay? Now, there does become then some sort of like a moral decision, uh, and we can get into that as well with lists and things, but equally. I want us to have a fair game. Now, being a good sport, in my opinion, in our game of a grey area, in the gray, in the most amazing thing. That sounded really that sounded really Wiltshire then. I need to stop that. Um Wiltshire's <laughs> where I'm from, by the way. So I need to stop that. Anyway, so Oh god, what was I saying? Uh
0: so What do you want to say? You wanna sound like a posh Londoner instead? Oh, there we go. What what?
1: So <laughs> What what? Um Cheerio. Anyway. Tat tat. Uh, What was I saying? Anyway, I've completely lost topic now. Topic, (laughs) not topic. Okay. So for me being sporting is me communicating effectively. And this is the beautiful thing about our game because there's lots of gray areas. Okay. It's not a computer game. Um, Even chess has much more defined rules of what you can and cannot do. Um, Our game has a lot more ambiguity. And this is actually why it's so great because it improves debate, healthy debate that is. It improves discussion it improves our ability to challenge conflict in a respectful way for both of us to still enjoy this game at the end of it. Okay. That is the most important thing. And I'm sure there's many times in life, Dave is, you know, someone that's a lawyer in which you need to remain professional at all times with your, you know, counterparts or opponents or whatever the, you know, the opposition or the defense or the, I don't know, I don't know. I'm I'm not going to get into it, but you know what I mean? You know, I'm going at, right. You still need to be able to, Debate in a respectful way because you need to, you know, withstand the relationship with that person because you work in the same parameters, right? And our game, to some degree, helps us with communicating more effectively, and that's that's amazing, right? It really is. So uh, the great thing about this game is that it does pose those slight grey areas, and you've often got two choices: do you do the thing you should do, or do you do the thing you could do? You could lie. You could cheat. You could mislead your opponent. You could not tell the whole truth or the thing that you should do. So when when asked a question, you should provide that information as accurately to your knowledge, as you know, before you go to an event. You should swat up on your army rules to the best of your ability in the time that you've been given. So being sporting for me is allowing Certain elements of the game to happen, like for example, playing with intent to not slow the game down. Okay, um, for example, this is a really sporting thing to do. That, let's say, I don't know, Dave. We get to the psychic phase. Okay, you've just finished your moving, and you get to the psychic phase, and you say, "Yeah, oh, I got to raise a banner here." No, no problem, Dave. There's nothing I can do to change that interaction. Okay, which unit do you want to do it with? This unit here stood behind the wall. Did they advance? Did they fall back? Are they in engagement range? Do you control the objective? If all of those things are correct and true, that allows you to raise a banner, then sure, raise a banner. That's fine because there's nothing I can do in between the end of your movement phase to now us being in the psychic phase. Okay, That is a sporting and fair thing to do Okay, because it was clearly your intent. You told me you've taken banners. And when you were probably in the movement phase, you were moving them to such a degree that you left them there, and you didn't do those things like advance, fall back, and you know charge, or you know, do you know what I mean? Right. So you wanted to do a banner, okay? That's sporting. Now, there there comes a degree though where you know I've always been an advocate of playing for in, with intent, and what I mean by that is, and I've had to kind of firm up over the last year on what I mean by that, and I have to, I've had to be a lot more clearer. Because I felt over the last year, I've been taken advantage of when it comes to people saying they play with intent. And I've often found that people that say they play with intent is an excuse now for people to play sloppy. Okay. So playing with intent would simply be something like me telling you, Dave, hey, I'm going to charge this unit. I'm going to charge my sanguinary guard into your, I don't know, um, VOTAN warriors. Okay. But Dave, I want to stay outside of three inches from your character that can heroically intervene. And providing I can actually do that, like there's physically, you know, more than three inches of space for me to do that, then great. You go, yeah, cool, Steve. I get it. So if I'm actually moving all my models and I'm 2.9, you know, we had that discussion. My intent is to be over three inches away. But what you're not going to do is go, oh, Steve, can you make sure you push that model back by point of an inch? Because then it gets really, it it bogs the game down and it really, really slows it down. Okay, so that's playing with intent or, hey, Steve, um, I want to drop this unit in in your back corner rather than me walking around the table. uh, Do you mind if you just place my unit in the corner? I want to be nine inches away from, you know, all of your models. Because uh, I want to do a, you know, retrieve data or something. or I want to get behind enemy lines. Cool. Yeah, I'll do that. Like, sure. I know it's at the start of the movement phase you're telling me this, but that doesn't matter. I'm not going to be like, ha, ha, ha. Now it's the end of the phase. So <laughs> you uh, can't move any more models because by dropping these models, it's now the No, no, we're not talking about that. Playing with intent is simply playing the game as you're intending it to be played whilst it's possible and on the provision that you have not seen any results of any dice that would change or impact what you've just done, okay? So that's playing with intent, all right? And it's that simple. It's, hey, uh, my intent is so that I can, if I move 10 inches right um, with this unit here, um, I can get a line of sight on you. Do you agree? Yeah, we measure it out. Cool, I can see. If you move 10 you've got line of sight to my model awesome um so then if we get to it and the table's been knocked or maybe that piece of terrain's accidentally been nudged you clearly told me hey um, if i move 10 can i see you yes that was your intent cool shoot away um if you don't declare your intent then how did i know you wanted to shoot that unit because maybe now other things have happened in the game maybe it's gone really well for you and now you're like oh well actually if I just say I want to shoot that unit, maybe I can because the rest of my shooting has gone really well. And maybe they don't have any other target because I was going to shoot something else. But oh, now I'll just try and shoot this unit. That's then blurring the line of what you know intent is. And actually, it's a failure to communicate. Um, another really good example here is um, when people will often say, hey, um, I'm charging in and I want to base your model. Cool. No problem. That's your intent. So that means now we don't actually have to bash our beautifully painted models together. You've verbally told me you want to base me, which means I cannot pile in or consolidate. I have to stay in base-to-base contact with that model. Okay. There's no ifs or buts or maybes that's happening. Um, Now, if you don't declare your intent, how do I know if you wanted to base me or not? Because if there's now models that equidistant from each other, I can pile in and maybe hit somebody else. Maybe you. Maybe there's a character nearby um, that I can now pile in towards and strike them because I'm within an inch and kill them or something. So then telling me after the fact I've done that, oh, it was my intent to base you. That's a little bit too late now because you've seen now what I've done. You've seen a play that I've seen and maybe you didn't see it. And now you're abuse. you're, in my opinion, abusing intent and what you've done here is your lack of knowledge of the game or skill of the game is you're using intent as a way of potentially covering up either sloppy movement playing far too fast or just not knowing or being at that level okay and rather than thinking oh that's a good move steve i didn't see that coming what you've actually done is gone oh yeah but mate it was my intent to base you there so you couldn't do that well, how did you know? How did you know I was going to do that until I've just done it? So for me, I've certainly had to tighten up on that intent because this year, or in the last 12 months, I've been royally burnt, I would say, and by people trying to probably take advantage of somebody's good nature, or because they know I've got a reputation of being sporting, kind of under the assumption, I'm just going to let them get away with everything. So I've certainly had to firm up on my hey, that's not how that's played. Let's check the rule book. And if we're right or wrong, either way, hey, we now know the truth. And the seeking of the truth is the most important thing in this game, I would say. So um, anyway, that's my thing on intent and sportsmanship. Sorry, I rambled a lot.
0: Yeah, it was your the, the heroic intervention example you gave was good. I actually had a similar situation. This was a year and a half ago. I was playing at an RTT and... I had, it was a two, there was, it was a two-story ruin. I had my, um, still when I was playing my Imperial Fist, I had my Centurion Devastators on the second floor of a building. So they had good line of sight out the windows and everything I needed to shoot at. I had Torgeridon on on the floor, on the ground floor, just a little behind them. So he could give their, his buffs to them. his plus one to hit. Somebody came in with a character. My my opponent came in with a character and declared his charge against the Centurions. He didn't look behind the building. He didn't check. I hadn't been hiding my, Tor Garadon model, the Taurus sitting, Guerrero sitting right there. And he moved up and got in base. And as soon as he was done moving, I looked at him like, okay, you good? And he goes, yep. And I said, all right, I'm going to heroically intervene. And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. I, I didn't in- mean to be in, her- I knew he was back there. I didn't intend for him to be in heroic intervention range and immediately pulled his model back. And I called the TO over and the TL was like, well, he's out of three inches range. I said, like, yeah, but he pulled his model back. He goes, well, he said it was his intent. So yada, yada, yada. And the TL let him get away with it, which I'm not happy about that either. But that was one of those situations that was a feel bad. And after that, my opponent kept trying to do some other stuff. And I was, he was also using a chaos Marine army as Ultramarines, which yeah, that there was a lot of issues. I was not a fan of, I won't play that guy anymore, but the, that heroic intervention situation really ticked me off because that was a, what? And I think he moved his model up and I was like, all I said was, okay. And he, so it was like, yeah. And then I said, oh, I'm going to heroically intervene. And that's, he was like, Oh no, no, no. I, I didn't, I, I didn't mean to do that. I, I'm, I just want to be just at a heroic intervention range. That's my intent. Yeah. What I should have, maybe I should have been a bit more clear and said, are you all done with your charges? And when he said yes, then heroically intervened and made sure that he was very clear with this movement.
1: Yeah. I mean, you raise raised a good point, Dave. And I think, you know, sometimes you're in a game and it's like maybe round three and you're on long tables and Let's say, you know, your opponent hasn't walked all the way around to check all your ruins. Yeah. Or they, or maybe you haven't like, you think, well, did they know, like, did they know he was there? Now he said he did know he was there. So actually then he's in his right to be her clean cause he articulated, he knew he was there. Right. I've had a situation where, you know, I felt like I've killed a unit, but there was like one model left. And sometimes I'll say, hey, I'm just going to keep my model on top of the ruin so you can see he's here, right? Because then it's just right. much, I'm helping my opponent visually see the game. Uh, but I've certainly had players hide units from me and not told me they're there. Um, so if, you know, throughout that game, you're like, oh, Tor Aragon, he's going to give this command ability to this unit to give it plus one to hit. Oh, I don't know what he does. Has he got some sort of command ability?
0: Yeah, command phase, he gives a plus one ballistic skill, one to hit to one unit.
1: Yeah, so it's not like he doesn't know he's there because you've been telling them to hit this the entire
0: game, right? Right. So, and this was like turn three or four, so like it had happened a couple of times. Like yeah. he knew it was happening.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, being a good sport, though, if you feel like actually this guy doesn't know that you know that there's a model here, I'm going to tell him. Hey, by the way, just so you know, I've got behind this unit, I've got this four models left, and I've got a character. Cool with that? Yeah. I'm offering up information. That's me being a good sport. Play your turn how you want now. So, if you now get within, you know, three inches of my model and you didn't declare you wanted to be outside of Hurricane Intervention, guess what? Get in Hurricane Intervened because that's the rules of the game. If they weren't there, there wouldn't be any point in having them. Um, So, yeah, being telling the truth and telling the whole truth is really important in the game, right? So, if you've got a stratagem and you know I want to do something, help me with. Hey, it's got this range, or it does this, rather than trying to make the stratagem out to be maybe better, something more than it is, or whatever. And I think that's really important: is the distinction between you know what's sporting and fair, and then when you've got an opponent who is kind of you know sort of wanting everything to go their way. And this has also been a really you know recent bugbear of mine, and something that I've sort of verbally said. I was interviewed on the uh, Black Rabbit Gaming podcast, right? after I got the, uh, the award and stuff from LBO, And we, ha- we had a topic on this exact thing. And I had said in that sort of show that, and I still stay true to it now, I am kind of sick to the teeth of this expression. And it always starts with, do you mind if? Now, if I was to ask you, Dave, do you mind if you can tell me where your models are? On the battlefield, you're like, yeah, sure, no problem. That's just you're just offering up information. If it's do you mind if I go back to my shooting phase and re-roll that dice because I've now seen this result? Or do you mind if I actually don't charge that unit um because I've just realized you've got a CP and you can overwatch? Or do you mind like I, I think now what we're we're getting to a stage where you know in or let's say do you mind if I put a different command ability on a unit and we're now in the shooting phase? Because actually you've realized in the command phase the way you wanted to play out your turn was not the right way you wanted to play. And now you've seen information based on either you know certain ad- advanced roles or whatever it might be. Um, certain things have happened. You now want to change your mind. And what you're doing when you're saying that to somebody, do you mind if what you're actually doing now is placing that on your opponent in the hope they're going to be a bad, like you're, you're putting them in a lose-lose situation. If they say no, you're going to deem them as a bad sport. And if they say yes, then you're taking advantage of their good nature. So they're in a lose-lose situation if you ask them that question. And I think that's something in which, hey, if you're at like your local club, practice game, you know, let's see what our armies can do. Let's test stuff out. Let's do some re-racks. Let's do some reruns. You know, me and Ben Jones have often like done a shooting phase and gone, "Hey, let's go back to the start of the shooting phase and redo everything and like target different stuff and see what happens." Right? It's a test game. We're looking to see the results of certain outcomes. But when you're three and zero at a tournament or four and zero, and you want to now, so do you mind if, you know, does Cristiano Ronaldo go? Oh, goalkeeper, do you mind if I shoot left instead of right? I didn't know you were going to dive right. No, I I I do actually. Soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. Oh, okay. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah. one of the most famous football players in the world. Penalty. Oh come on, Dave! I need to. Wow, wow, Dave! I knew something <laughs> you didn't know, Dave. This is new. But you know
0: what I <laughs> There's mean? There's lots like, of things you know that I don't know. But yeah. In yeah. sports. No, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. yeah. You. you it, it's our game. Just because it's on a tabletop does not make it any different from a professional sports competition. Uh, you know, a chess game. Hmm a spelling bee. You don't get to, there's no takesies backsies.
1: Yeah. And like I said, there's, if you feel, and I think what that actually teaches people is to not own their mistakes and it shows a lack of responsibility for, you know, the mistakes that they make at the tabletop. Now we know you're never going to play the perfect game. You're going to make mistakes. And the only way to learn from them is to actually make them and then learn from them. But by Expecting your opponent to let you have a go see on a you know a pretty significant play, then you're not really going to learn from that mistake. And what you're actually going to do is keep making those same mistakes, and then putting your opponent in a lose lose situation. Now, like I said, there's a big difference between if you're playing you know maybe narratively or you're playing for fun or you're just playing a practice game. Sure practice some stuff out, redo some things, change your mind. Like, Hey, I mean, that's fine. When I play somebody and it's their first ever tournament, you know, and they say to me, Steve, this is my first tournament. I'm like, "Cool." I'm going to expect that person to maybe make some mistakes and I'm going to help them through this. So they really enjoy this game. Okay. Um, but when it comes to, and then actually, if, if you say to me, Dave, well, let's say we get to the end of the turn. And I'm like, all right, Dave, did you did you do a, like an R&D or retrieve data anywhere? And you're like, oh, Steve, no, I didn't, I didn't declare it. And I'll be like, okay, which unit could have done it that you didn't do anything with? Oh, just this unit in my back corner? Well, yeah, they're nowhere near the fight. Dave, you can have it on me. That's me offering up being a good sport if you want it. But that's because you didn't ask for it. That's me being a good sport, and I'm able to, at my own discretion, do those things or not do that. What I'm not being done though is put under, like, you know, like a vice to assume that I'm going to let somebody do that. Do you know what I mean? Or if you've right, you know, you have to declared- are
0: If you are placing the onus on your opponent to be a good sport, that's wrong. If you are yourself being charitable and being a good sport, if you you might want your opponent to be a good sport and, and offer something, but if they don't, it's not. Your place to ask them because, like you said, it puts them into a lose-lose situation.
1: Yeah, and and I think like I said to Pete, you know, I said on that last show, and I I still, you know, if I ever say to somebody now, do you mind if I want you to say no if we play? Okay, I want you to say no, Steve. I listen to your podcast, and no, I'm not going to let you do that. And I'm going to be like, cool, fair, yeah, because it's a habit. I think Hmm. we've all got into that. We all could do better, and this is not me saying I'm some sort of perfect player. I'm not. I'll get stuff wrong just like everybody else. But I think all we can try and do is hold ourselves to a, you know, a higher standard all the time. Uh, And all we can try and do is improve ourselves um, because I want to learn from my mistakes. I want to improve as a player. Um, Now, if it's a case of we weren't sure of an interaction or a ruling, or we agreed something and then realized that was incorrect, then that's different because we were both under a different assumption Okay. And I think there's like that gray area there to go, oh, I, n- I know what you meant. We talked about it. It was your intent. Um, sure, let's do that instead because we spoke about it. Right. So, again, that's um, a very different, you know, sort of parameter. Again, like let's say you offer up, hey, I want to be outside of hurricane intervention of, you know, three inches. I move my model. I make my charge. And then you, and I say, oh, by the way, you don't have anything else, do you, that like, can hurricane to be in six? And you go, well, I do actually, and it's this unit. I'm like, ah. Okay, well, I haven't moved my entire unit yet. Do you mind if I just stay back here and not charge? You're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Because, you know, we've, we've got, we haven't we've got completed the move. We're still in that point. We know where the unit started, the unit ended. Um, again, like you can use as well, like, for example, I'll often do this is, let's say I've got a Rhino um, and I know I've got an embarked unit in there. What I'll sometimes do is measure out my unit and go, I'm just going to put them there to see where they are but I might not get them out I want to see what that looks like with the base sizes what sort of space they occupy on the table but I know they're still in the rhino and you know that they could be there until I've then decided what else I'm going to do I'll then say yeah they're going to stay there and they're going to not move um so I think that's really really important just to communicate as you do things but it also stops this weird interaction where um you know let's say you are removing models, which I think happens far too often at the moment. People remove a unit after they've seen a result of, let's say, this is the worst kind of thing because of obviously the, the rule of lookout, sir. Somebody will roll an advance roll for their unit, and let's say they roll a five or a six, and they move that unit all the distance, and then they roll the advance roll for their character, and they roll a one. And now all of a sudden, they want to start removing the unit that they've already moved backwards, and they've already moved them. They took advantage of that six-inch you know, advance, but now they've seen predetermined information. What they should do is CP re-roll the advance roll rather than picking up their other models and moving them backwards, because now you've, you've done something out of turn. Maybe you should have just assumed you were going to roll a one. That would be you know, what somebody that wants to eliminate dice rolls does, okay? Um, I would do that with my Blood Angels. I only ever move things 15 inches because I know that I get a 14-inch move and then let's say I advance, we get a plus one to that, so maybe 16, but then I need a model back to be able to cover the back of the base, so 15 inches, no, and then I can always drop a mo- like because model, my models can fly, right? I can always drop into a hole then. So I'm setting that up, but if I was to go, okay, cool, I roll a six and I take full advantage of it with the unit and now I roll another six with my character, I wouldn't have gone back and started moving my sanguinary guard back, would I? Because I've now seen what I've just rolled. And I think that's where we need to hold ourselves to a slightly higher level when we start to go to, you know, competitive events, which are large enough in size, which have a significant amount of investment that goes into them. And then also in, in that same respect, reward in terms of points and scoring and now like Golden tickets to Warhammer events and all the rest of it that now happens. The game is evolving so much that there's different levels, right? Friendly RTT, sure. There's going to be more mistakes that happen there, and maybe there's an argument to be potentially more forgiving with these things. But if you're in the final and you're not on, you're on that top table, then yeah, you need to or hold yourself to a higher standard of play. So that's certainly something in which, um, and, and you, you know, go back to your your first question is. Can you be too sporting? Yeah, you can. Letting people get away with that behavior by letting them remove models, by letting them constantly say, oh, mate, it was my intent to do this after the fact, letting them have these kind of get out of jail free cards. What you're actually doing is allowing them to play sloppy, not declare their intent, and then give their next opponent a bad time because they're only going to repeat that learned behavior. Because if they've done it in one thing, they'll do it in the next. That's exactly how human behavior works right we We learn something, we see that there's no kind of reward or recompense, and therefore we repeat that process until kind of we're told otherwise right
0: yeah, I'd say that even even if you are going to a small r t t whether you're doing it at you know discover games and in Fayetteville, Georgia, or you're going to a factorum event, or even if it's a one day RTT and there's only, you know, eight to 16 players attending, you should still do the same thing. You should, because, um, we had a saying in the army, uh, train like you fight and it, you do, it's the same thing. Practice, practice the way you play, uh, they, you know, they say in some sports teams, you, you, whether you do it, if you do it in an RTT, you're going to do it in a GT. You're going to do it at LVO so it doesn't matter you need to to play this with the same level of integrity and the same level of intent and good sportsmanship and practice those things because like you said it's it's very easy to slip into well i got away with it at the rtt uh, maybe i can get away with it and you're it's not like this evil mustache twirling ha, ha i get away with it thing it's a well it's just a it's just a it's just a slight model bump here it's just a it's just a you know ignore one dice roll there and it can very quickly creep into and pervert the entire way that you play the game too so you need to be on guard for yourself at all times of things like making sure that you when you go around the building with a mot with a with a vehicle that you're measuring the front you're measuring two corners of the vehicle so that the vehicle never moves further than it's supposed to those are one of those things like I've seen a lot of people like they just measure point A to point B and or they bend the tape measure around the building to figure out how far the tank's going to move. But the reality is, is if you do that, quite often, you're not moving the 12 inches or the 10 inches that the vehicle is supposed to move. You're moving 14 because you've moved one corner of the tank further than the rest. You have to yeah. play that with that and be careful and be specific and be detailed in everything you do at all the time. Now, if it's a practice guy, like, you know, when you and Jonesy get together, and you guys are going to like this is just a practice game. You're moving stuff around and then you're re- resetting or reloading and playing a phase over. That's different. But as soon as there's whether it's ITC points or prize money or, you know, credit at a game store or something, many times you're there to compete for something and something is up for grabs besides just and you had to pay an entrance fee. No, 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 no. You need to be playing you need to be on your best behavior.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think you know, a lot of the new players I play, right? And this is a weird one because you might think, "Oh, Steve, you're being a bit harsh there." Um, actually, in my experience of playing a lot of new players, you know, maybe round one, round two of an event where they've literally said to me, "Hey, Steve, this is my first event," then you know they're going there to learn, and often what they'll say to me is, "Oh, oh, should have done that. Should I?" in like in a sort of jokey way, and I'll be like, "Hey, don't worry. If you want to do something else, I'm fine with that, right?" Because we're in a situation where you haven't, I haven't been able to react. There's nothing I could have done. You haven't seen any information. And they've gone, no, 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 Steve, I want to learn. And I think that's amazing. And I've given them the option to do it, but they've chosen not to do it because they want to learn from their mistakes because they know, as somebody that is learning, that that's the best way they can improve, right? Um, I was listening to, uh, like, I think a guy that does MMA, right? And uh, he was saying that basically, When he goes into a fight and he has to go and see the doctor after, if he's got like cuts and stuff, he doesn't like any sort of pain suppression because he said to the doctor, I want to be stitched back up without that because otherwise how am I going to learn not to get punched in the face? And I'm like, well, actually, yeah, there's something to that where we sometimes need to get a little bit burnt in order to actually learn from our mistakes. So, again, it's all I would say to people is use your judgment based on yourself. Can I hold myself to a higher standard? Am I, by putting anything on my opponent, gaining an unfair advantage? And if you know you morally think I'm not gaining an unfair advantage here based on any information, then sure, like we said, do you mind if I just rod here? They haven't done anything. I completely forgot to tell you earlier, but I've just left them there behind the building the whole time. Sure, absolutely. There's nothing I could have done to interact with it, Right. If, however, you want to now do it in my deployment zone and you were teeing up a charge or something, I don't know, maybe not, because maybe you shot the unit off and that's a bit different, right? Like you've gained an unfair advantage because you've seen how the game's then played versus you've just done it in your deployment zone and there's nothing I could have done. There was something that happened at LVO, right? I was on stream and my opponent forgot to bring in their reserves. Okay. And we got to my turn and they had gone first. So I know, I don't know how it worked, but they basically forgotten bring on their reserves. And um, that's it. I had gone first. So therefore we would just rolled into to turn four. And I said to he went, oh, forgotten to put my unit on the table. And I said, look, put it on the table. I don't want to win this game because you didn't put a unit on the table. Please put it on. Where would you have put them that wouldn't now, you know, necessarily impact the game in any way? What if I just put them in, in my deployment zone or near this quarter, near this kind of, Objective, yeah, sure, put them over there. They wouldn't have impacted anything, sure, carry on. That's me, you know, allowing my opponent to do that, right? Versus something different. Oh, Steve, do you mind if I just go back to the charge phase and put this unit down and then deep strike in and charge you? Well, actually, that's a bit different now, right? It's because you're now capitalizing on your own mistake and then putting it on me to be a good sport. So, yeah, there's always a gray area. And I think just try to, as we go through these games, Do the right thing. And if you do ask your opponent for something and they say no, try not to be disappointed by that. Okay. Because they are in their right to say no. Um, And I think that should be the kind of the main thing, unless you've obviously declared your intent, you've discussed it uh, beforehand. Then obviously then they're just being a bit difficult with you. So yeah, that would only be my thing on sort of playing with intent.
0: So, now I have a question. I, I mentioned this, Mike and I chatted about this very briefly um, when we were doing our LVO recap a couple weeks ago, but I wanted to get your take on it. I actually meant to talk to you about it when we were at dinner after day one of LVO, but um, you and I were completely <laughs> fried, whereas we we're eating our pizza. So I had a, a situation where as my second, my second game at LVO, um, I was playing Ian Wright, absolute legend, great guy, great opponent, and he was playing NIDs. And he got his winged hive tyrant into my deployment zone area, picked up a unit of warriors, but then realized everything else was going to light him up. And so he took his movement phase and ducked behind a, one of those tall, narrow tower structures. I couldn't draw a line of sight to anything over his base. And certainly with my little stubby legged Votan, they weren't going to run into position to get a line of fire on anything. But of course, the wings are very large. Hanging on both sides of the building. He goes, Aren't you gonna shoot at it during my shooting phase? And I was like, No. He goes, But you can see the wings. And I said, Yeah, but I can't draw a line of sight over any part of the base. And so I feel like taking advantage of the size of a model is I just I just don't feel good about doing that. Was I being too nice? Um and and just and just before you get into that, as opposed to the people who say, Oh, well, I've stuck the gun barrel. Of my model out around the corner so that he can shoot, but you can't shoot back at him or the person who says, oh, I can see the the tip of a sacrosanct spear sticking over the top of a container. I'm going to shoot at the entire unit.
1: So I think with, again, if it's clearly your intent um, to be able to hide a unit behind a, a obscuring piece of terrain or a wall that is clearly high enough to obscure the model completely. Yet you've got a spike from a Chaos Space Marine poking out, or you've got a sword or something. Um, then, you know, I was playing against this is back in Coventry. I was playing against Brian Sepp. Okay. We had an awesome game. He was using his towel, and he said, Oh, Steve, just touch that, uh, touch a sword in a bit on that Chaos model there, because otherwise I can see it if I move out. I was like, Yeah, cheers, Brian. Appreciate that. Because we, you know, I'd said, Hey, I'm just trying to hide these guys as much as I can in this terrain. And, you know, Brian was helping me, like, just tuck it in a bit, you know, cool, then I can't, you know, move and shoot you. All right. That is exactly what you want to be doing. But with a winged hive tyrant, I think sometimes to that extent, the model is that large so that it can be shot. Otherwise you end up with this kind of really, um, you know, it's a very, very powerful miniature. It literally destroys anything it touches. So I think in that instance, you probably were too kind. Okay if it was a gargoyle tail poking out from a ruin and he's been able to hide the rest of the gargoyle units, but because the gargoyles, you know, they got their wings and they, you know, they really struggle because of the bases they actually sit on and there's a bit of a wing poking out, but there's clearly enough physical base size for them to fit all the bases on the floor in the footprint of the ruin. I would say, you know, yeah, oh, I'm not going to shoot the gargoyles because I know you've got the space, but I know they're just like sort of mashed together in this ball of gargoyle ness. Um so I think right. that's a bit different.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious. When people start start poking out like, well, I can see the sword tip. Shauna had that issue at a um at, at LSO, I think, where she was going against uh, an Eldar player who she had was like a sword tip of, of her I don't know, or the I was it was the top of the axe of one of her sacrosans. Oh, I can see mm. the the top of the axe, so I'm gonna shoot at the entire unit. And picked up the ended up had enough fire yeah. to pick up the entire squad. It was like that's, yeah. So that's ridiculous.
1: I was, play, I was playing a game at LVO and um, my opponent was like, oh, I'm going to shoot into that ruin and shoot your striking scorpions, right? I'm not going to say what, what was being played, but I was like, there's a tiny little window in that Gothic ruin set. And then he, my opponent was also shooting through a tiny little ruin in theirs. And I was like, yeah, but can you actually see but yeah, like there's a potential you could because there's two windows, but you still actually need to be able to see the model. Um and you need to be able to do that from a point of your model. You can't just dip down a bit and go, "Oh, there's two windows in, you know, there's a model kind of in that line." And assume you can. No. You need to actually be able to see, right? We need to try and take right. the lethality out of the game a little bit. And then because there was like multiple models in this unit, right? One model was trying to shoot through his friend and like, you know, gaps in arms and heads and, you know, whatever. So I was like, well, the easiest thing to do is get a judge over. And The judge comes over and he's like, well, the, def- the guy at the back definitely isn't because his own model's blocking. And then, but I'll say one can, but it was so iffy. But let's not try and force those things. Look, you know, we know that maybe the, that little gap in the terrain probably shouldn't be there. It doesn't really add anything necessarily to the dynamics of the game. So, Hey, let's just play a simpler game and we take the lethality slightly out of the game as well. Like, let's say, you know, I've had to do this a few times where my opponents are, like, Oh, I'm within nine and they're like measuring over terrain. I'm like, I'll tell you what, let's, let's measure to the terrain and let's measure from the other side of the terrain. Now to my model. Oh, it's actually a 10, isn't it? Yeah. So what we try to do though, when you're like a uh, combat player, or whatever you You know, people try and look for the easier charge to roll the least amount of dice on the numbers or whatever. Um, But let's just slow it down a bit and go, well, if it's 50-50 and we're really not sure, let's not four up it. Let's take the lethality out of the game a little bit. Let's say it's a 10 rather than a nine on a charge, for example. Okay. Um, Because what you could have done is moved your model. You could have, you know, saw where your model was first, moved it over. And measured from your model where it started in the movement phase to the unit that you're thinking about charging, and decided that first that would have been the correct decision to make before you moved any models to go. Do, and then you could agree it with your opponent. Is it a nine or a ten? If your opponent like, yeah, it's a nine. Cool. Well, I know I need a nine. It's charged. Do I want to risk it? Or do I need? It? You know, that's up to then the player. Right? There's no hard feelings then when because you've already discussed it. You could have moved and done something differently. You could tee up a different charge. Um, and you know, the more skillful players, the game will do that. They'll take out those thought processes later on. Like for me, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'm the best player, but these are habits that I typically do. I will sit, you know, with my chess clock on and I'll let it tick down five, 10 minutes in my turn one. And I won't even do anything. I'll just measure some stuff out, see what I want to do. My opponent's looking at me like, is he even going to move a model? But this is why I use a chess clock, because I know I spend more time turn one thinking about what I'm going to do. And then when I'm moving models, boom, it's move, it's charge, it's attack. Next turn, it's move, it's charge, it's attack. There's rarely much thought process after that time, because I've already done all the thinking I need to do. And that thinking happens in my command phase. And I use the command phase as a trigger for me to command the strategy of my army and how I want that turn to play out. But anyway, yeah, so... I think that's, I think we've okay. tucked in some good little segments there, Dave. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah I think we, we, we got a good uh, discussion here. Yeah. And what I'd love to do though, is continue
1: this conversation a little bit um, in the, in mm-hmm. our Facebook group. So uh, when this show goes live, let's, let's make a post in there um, and let's get people's feedback on it. You know, what, you know, yeah, can you, good idea. am I, am I wrong by saying, you know, the, do you mind if maybe I'm being too harsh, let me know. Um, would love to know people's thoughts and feedback on that or, you know, am I onto something, you know, should we take a higher level responsibility for each other? Um, but anyway, Dave, it's been a pleasure as always. So we'll head over to that segment with James.
0: All right, let's 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 take it away with, with uh, James from Siege Studios.
1: The Competitive 4K Podcast is supported by ColorForge. I found ColorForge 18 months ago and I was blown away by the quality of the product. I've always had an incredible finish, not too thick, not too chalky, and have always had the perfect coverage in all kinds of weather conditions. The cans are around 25% larger and cheaper than most other brands on the market. All of the colors are matched to citadel base colors, so it makes that transition from rattle can to paints absolutely seamless. Check out www.thecolorforge.com to pick up your sprays today, along with a whole host of other awesome hobby products.
0: All right, James, welcome back to the podcast for another Paddle Ready segment. Um, How are you doing this week, man? I'm good. Yeah. Thanks. for having me back. So what are you going to hit me up with this week? All right. So this week, um, i got a question about brushes. Um, yeah. does the quality of brush really matter? And, uh, what's the best way to keep, to clean and maintain your brushes?
2: Yeah. I mean, look, uh, choosing the brush to use, depending on the task that you're doing, if you're doing oils, you know, and things like that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be using sort of expensive uh, Kalinsky sable, high quality brushes. Typically, I'd use those purely for sort of like blending, weathering, detail, base coating, those kind of things. Um, but if you're doing stuff that ha- that is using really, really abrasive paint or like even even lots of metallics, which can be quite heavily bodied and, and do get stuck in the bristles of, of brushes and they are quite stubborn to take out. Um, I probably use uh, use sort of synthetic brushes for that. Um, Having said that, for doing super fine detail, freehand glazing, blending, all those kind of things, I do massively recommend using using uh, sort of high quality kalinsky sable brushes. I, I, I'd use those and use those only, really, in my opinion. Um, synthetics aren't really at the point now whereby they they they, they perform as well as a Kalinske. Um And again, I always say this is a bit of a joke, but it's kind of like in Harry Potter where the brush chooses the wizard or whatever. Like you need to try and you need to try and a variety of different manufacturers to find a brush that you, that you enjoy and that performs and works well for you. So um, whether it's Winsor Newton, Raphael, Artis Opus or whatever, uh, pick pick a brush because you, you, you can execute what you want with it and it performs well for you, whether it's freehand, base coating, edge highlighting or any of those kind of things. Um, so yeah, as for care, I always recommend applying the three, uh, the, the three quarters uh, three quarters rule. And what I mean by that is the last quarter, which is the bit of hair that goes into the ferrule or it's crimped where the, the, the tension of the brush head is, just don't get paint in that last quarter. Um, it's obviously that we're all human. We all get the paint brush and stick it in the pot and whatever. But I actually use a separate brush for taking paint out of the pot and putting it on the palette if you're not using dropper bottles. That way you can't then get your... Super high-end, expensive Kalinsky sable brush, and just dunk it in the pot like it's diving into a swimming pool. Um, it's really important to it's really important to to just take take care of your brushes. If you do make a mistake and uh, put it in, get it in water, clean it as soon as possible. Make sure there's no paint in the ferrule, uh, and then just go through the cleaning process of using brush soap and to just literally condition the hair. You can use shampoo, like hair shampoo, because it is hair at the end of the day on a Kalinsky sable. That's what it is. You can use brush, you can use hair conditioner and even, even hair shampoo to clean your brushes because it does, it does all the things that it does to human hair, but obviously the hair of your brush.
0: Excellent. So then I can explain to my wife why my hair, why my uh, paint brushes are in the
2: shower. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, cause I always forget to clean them after at the end and I've, you know, mostly I've got just the cheapy brushes for most of the stuff that I do, but I do have the one, um, Kalinske Sable brush. I got to think it's a double zero that I got after yeah, you yeah. and I actually talked
2: yeah, yeah. about my towel yeah amazing so. take, take them in the shower with you mate save time easy <laughs> got it nice and simple all right i can imagine
1: dave with his shower cap on and uh with his little rubber ducky and his uh you know special brushes that he's got from artist opus or something in the little you have to take them out of the wooden box first
0: though mate uh obviously that would get right. wet but yeah i could imagine dave just going full on in yeah yeah all right look two <laughs> things first off don't talk about my rubber ducky second <laughs> off you can see just clear and well that I don't have enough hair anymore to qualify to need a a shower cap. So, you know. That's because you've been donating all your hair for these brushes, mate. Well, that that and I needed, you know, obviously your mustache needed a little filling in, so I wanted to donate to that too. In the middle. I need it in the middle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, I might actually get one of the Games Workshop shade
1: brushes because they're kind of like the same sort of color consistency. And I might just, you know, basically stick that right under my nose and I'll be, you know, uh, it will complete the tash.
0: Yeah. yeah, just don't make just don't use one of the tank brushes cuz then it'll be sticking down and tickling your bottom lip. It'll get it'll look weird. Yeah, true. Good point. Good point. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so there we go. Look, Battle
1: Ready segments and Tash Tips,
0: all right? That's and, right. Uh, all in one. We are here for all of your uh lifestyle and uh all, lifestyle and living tips. So <laughs> There we go. <laughs> all right, Tash Tips, shower showering with your hair with with your hairy brushes and uh James from Battle Ready. It is a complete day here at Vanguard Tactics. Uh, Thanks very much, ladies ladies and gentlemen, for listening. Uh, If you have any questions, go ahead and drop them into the community Facebook page, whether you're asking about uh, Battle Ready segments or Tash Tips. Uh, Steve will will answer the Tash Tips and uh, we'll get James on in the future to answer your your questions about uh, painting and modeling. So uh, with that, uh, let's go ahead and close out this episode. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much again for giving us your time and your attention. Next week, uh, I think we're going to talk some boarding actions. And after that, uh, who knows? Stay tuned. You will have to check, tune in to find out what we're going to talk about. Uh, Until then, this is Dave Colmel for Steven Box saying, one man practicing sportsmanship is far better than 100 teaching it. Win or lose, do it fairly. I love it. See you next week. See you next week.